Hi, you're listening to the Inside Family Law Podcast. Um, I'm your interviewer, Zoe Durand, and I'm here with Nicole Pozovsky from um, Swabs. Um, she's an associate there. And um, I'll, I'll let you talk a bit more about yourself, um, Nicole. What's your pathway through family law and you know, what drew you to it? And, and, um, and how, how did you get to where you are now with Swabs? Where have you worked before? So, oh, well, first, thanks for having me, Zoe. It's really Pleasure. exciting. Um, well, I've always actually worked in family law, except for a very, very brief stint in debt recovery, which I would prefer to forget forever <laughs> and I'll never be returning to. But otherwise, I always kind of knew that I wanted to be a family lawyer because I. one of my favourite things about family law is the client contact. I mean, I really can't think of many other areas of law where you're that involved sort of in the intricacies of mm. your client's life. And I think that it's a real privilege to be able to be so so supportive of your client in what's such a hard time. It comes with challenges. It can be really difficult earning their trust and guiding them through all the stresses. I mean, I don't have to tell you about it. You know, you know firsthand. But I just really like that sort of duality of having to support them, having to guide them, but also having to be firm and having a plan. It just, I think, really... Um, was attuned to my personality and my mm. skills. So I knew pretty early on. So so you always knew you wanted to do family Always law. knew I wanted to do family law. So I started working as a paralegal while I was still at uni mm. in family law, getting a good uh, handle on what's involved and some of the documents and the stories that you hear every day. And once I finished my degree, I just knew it was a natural progression that I would go into practice as a family lawyer. And here you are at Swabs, here great I firm. Am. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. I was just saying, they actually have, and listeners can't see this, I, when I came in I was very impressed because <laughs> you guys lured me in with Tim Tams yes. and white leather. We have white leather seats, so yes. it's very impressive. It's all the Swab brand of service. <laughs> we know that you need a, you know, it needs to be a bit sweet when you're dealing with some of the heavy stuff in family law, so you do get a Tim Tam for, for some of the crying that people might be doing in this office. So look, one thing I want to talk to you, because I having having I mean listeners can't see Nicole, but I can. And Nicole <laughs> looks I said, You look fifteen. Like no Yes, no, Nicole, I just... Nicole has a young looking face. She yes, is young. I am. And one thing that Nicole, you, you know, you reached out to me and said that you'd be interested in being interviewed about and I'd like to talk about is the whole issue I guess of in family law, you know, you're dealing with people's lives and they might have had you know, they've been married for a while, they've got children, they've had like a lot of stuff has happened in their life and then you might not be you know you're younger you're not married you might not have children and how does that all work with being a younger practitioner in family law and is that ever like you know difficult sometimes yeah oh it absolutely i mean it's 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 a challenge every day but it's like a really interesting challenge mm-hmm. and once you've faced it the first couple of times you you sort of sort of start to develop tact and you know what people are thinking and you mm-hmm. know what how, how to appeal to some of their concerns maybe mm-hmm. um, so yeah look I it's hard to hide that I look young I have I, my youthful skin <laughs> I can thank my mum for that but uh, when people see me they do their first instinct is wow, you know, you're quite young looking and they do sometimes question, okay, does this person have, can they grasp what I'm dealing with, you know, especially when it comes to arrangements for children, you know, do you understand how difficult this is? Do you have children? Is? Are you married? That's Those right. Questions. Do you know how hard it is for me to try and figure out what we're going to do with the property? And look, there are some life experiences that I have had which do really let me understand what a difficult process that is. I know what it's like to have to, you know, figure out what you're going to do with a property after the breakdown of a relationship. But no, I don't have kids and I am young, so I do understand people's reservations, but 
it's all it, essentially just it depends on your mindset if you really dwell on it and it freaks you out and someone's lack of confidence in you at the start throws you off well then you're never going to be able to develop that rapport you're never mm. going to develop that relationship and you'll never gain their confidence you're still the lawyer you have to take the lead that's it and take you know this is where the pathway for the matter exactly you know. right and but if you see it as simply one small challenge to overcome they mm. get that mm. and look i yeah, I can't hide that I'm young. If I was a man, I could grow up. I think Greg Parker, one of the partners, was saying to me, you know, I had it easier because when I was starting out, I could grow a beard. Mm. Whereas if I grew a beard, I'd be a contestant on Eurovision. So it's, you know, it's I can't use the same <laughs> tactic. But I can't hide it. So it, you just take it in your stride. Mm. And you just, you work a little harder. Um, I think I'm quite personable. So, mm. you know, once the client start and once I start working with the client, they realise that, this isn't my and first then rodeo. Work, speak, work speaks for itself. That's it. Eventually. This isn't yeah, my yeah, first yeah. rodeo. Don't let the youthful glow freak you out. Because Don't let it fool you. That's it. She's because... a shark of court. No. <laughs> yeah, wolf in sheep's clothing. No. But it's it's a matter of just knowing your strengths, knowing what people are maybe a little bit concerned about and helping them realise that I'm well equipped to deal with their matter mm. as all the other matters I've worked in before. Mm and that they can have that confidence in you and with time they they see that and build that rapport i mean i kind of think you know what's funny i think and this is maybe a bit controversial and i hope i'm not upsetting any of our older listeners Ooh, in the profession but i think that the client thinking because look i even had that up until i was in my early 30s like clients would sometimes say because i'm asian you know it's just the asian thing you're always yes. a bit young and they'd be like one, I remember a client once and he was like, are you like, are you like a paralegal? Are you just out of school? Yeah. Or, and I was like, I'm in my thirties. And he was like, <laughs> and then he was like, oh, okay. Um, but so I have had that a bit now. I, st- I still like, I had a mediation recently where God bless the client. They were, they say the similar thing. They were like, we were worried that you wouldn't be able to help us because you were barely out of high school, but actually you know what you're talking about. And so it does sometimes, you know, people then just need to see you in action and That's see that you it. understand what you're talking about. But I feel that the client aspect of sort of any kind of worries about a younger looking practitioner can be overcome but i totally agree you know what i think is more challenging and this might be a bit controversial to say i do think that there is quite a bit of ageism in the profession it's particularly in family law as in against younger looking practitioners like i I remember watching this um show on insight and they were talking about ageism and i agree there's some terrible ageism in a lot of other industries and how when you're an older person it's hard to get harder to get a new job harder to get work and that is a serious issue but i feel like in family law it's almost like a reverse ageism i would agree to some extent you know like there is an issue with and i'm not saying like everyone has this attitude or something but i have seen like a you know i've seen quite a few things happen where i think that there is kind of a it is difficult as a younger practitioner sometimes if you're say at a mediation sometimes yeah. certain mediators will give more of their in ear to the older practitioner who they've no yeah. longer or if you're even at an old do i'll put my hand up and say the controversial thing i won't make you say but <laughs> if you're at say a conciliation conference yes. sometimes even some of the registrars will kind of you know you see they've got that they're, they're more kind of giving more space or, or sort of airtime to the older practitioner who's they've known for the last 30 years you know than you as the younger lawyer and like i've seen all that play out and I'm kind of moving through the other side of it as I get older and older and slide towards 40. But, you know, I have that would be my observation. I don't know what your yeah. thoughts are. Look, I, I've definitely had the experience before of having other practitioners, perhaps the word would be underestimate me, mm. that they're of the view that, you know, they've been doing this a long time and, of course, you know, you respect them and yeah, their experience. Yeah, and you respect their wisdom, yeah. But perhaps they don't 
realise that you can also be firm, that you can also see some of the issues that are in the case and that you're not necessarily uh, going to go along with everything. They say if it's not, what's in the best interest of your client? Sure. So, I mean, I've had experiences at court where we were trying to prepare some consent orders, you know, which is great because if you can come to a resolution, ideal. Mm. And I've got sort of one practitioner leering over me saying, okay, just write this down. And mm. then proceed to, to yeah, proceed to dictate something that is not at all what we agreed and not at all what I my know. client would accept. And you, and you, you sort of have to take... You, you know, you always keep your decorum and stay professional, but you can be a little bit more firm um, just to say, you know, I, that that's not something that's going to be acceptable to mm. me. And I think if you do it in the right way and you've got the right kind of tact about you, people catch on pretty quickly mm. that you're a bit cluey. This isn't your first they time just doing this. Over your eyes. That's it. Yeah. And, and you just, you try and keep it nice because it's usually people are not, too, I haven't had the experience of anyone being particularly malicious about it. They just don't realise. They just... Yeah. And, and kind of like anything, it, I mean, we've got an adversarial process no matter how much we try and, and be collaborative. Mm. Um, people will see how far they can push something mm. and you just have to really gently and respectfully push back where that's appropriate because otherwise, yeah, people think, oh, we've got a young one here. She might, eyes, yeah, yeah, she might not know exactly what's happening here. Let's just try and see if we can push this particular point or this line. And once you've, you know had a few matters and you know what you're doing, you have the confidence to say, well, no, that's actually not what we're going to mm. do. Or actually, in my experience, that kind of case won't be successful. And mm. if you want to have that you know, matter determined by the court, so be it. But I don't have to necessarily agree with you. Mm. And I think that that kind of respectful disagreeing is important generally in mm. this kind of job, but also important in people taking you more seriously. Mm, mm. I mean, I think it's, it's funny. Like, I had... Um you know, one of my friends, and she's got a really, like, a baby face. She's a great yeah. lawyer, but she just looks really young. And, you know, she, she said she was in a conference, and, you know, with all, there was the ICL, there was the um, barrister for the mother, barrister for the father, whatever. So she's in there, and she'd, she'd put forward a pathway. She's like, well, how about this is a pathway forward? We could do this. We could start with some family therapy, then da-da-da-da-da, and then we could check in in X amount of time. And they all just, they were like, no, 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 we can't do that. And then some other barrister walked in and literally said word for word the exact yeah. thing that she, like an older male barrister. Oh, and he was dear. like, well, we could do this and da, 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 da. And they all went, sound, sound advice, good idea, good idea. And Great she just said, she said, she just said, I just said that. And they were like, oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> but yeah. she just, she, she constantly would, would talk to me about this issue, like whinge to me about it. Because she would be, you know, she was quite upset about it. Like she said there was just constant things like that. Like every week something like that would happen where it was, because she was younger, it was like she wasn't allowed to have a voice as much. Yeah, I, look, I totally understand. And I think I've had, I've had many experiences that are very similar, similar to, to that. that. Yeah. But I think it's, again, I know I've said it so many times, but it's about your tact and about mm. what kind of strategy you use to overcome that. And I think it's a really, I mean, the default for most people would be to scream and shout, like, no, I said it, or mm. maybe say your advice louder, or mm. have that sort of competition to, to out-advise mm. the other person, or to make mm. sure that your opinion's heard. But I found, because mm. this is something that I faced a few times, I have the complete opposite strategy. Mm. Uh, if, if no one's interested in hearing my advice in that exact moment, I'll sit back, let you finish your sentence, let you finish toing and froing about what are we going to do, and then I'll tell you in a really concise mm. way at the end. Well, I've listened to you, I've listened to your opinion, your uncle's opinion, your friend's opinion, 
and this is actually what would be the right thing to do. And I find that that's more effective, just like in a conference when you, you know, might be managing a more difficult client, mm. you're never going to out-yell them and mm. have them actually listen to what you're mm. saying. So what I find is rather than yelling and screaming to get my point across, I'll actually speak a little bit more soft, yeah. more softly. And then they'll listen in. That's it. Yeah. And, and, you, and they start to lean in and they start mm. to sort of hang on every word you're saying because... Mm. The, the yelling just will not get you the result that you're after. So have your moment, have your two cents and your really valuable advice that you're all going to scream and shout at each other. And then when you're done, I'll tell you exactly what my view is. But mm. you, you can't engage in that trying to out-yell, out-advise because it's just, it's never going to be effective. exercise. That's right. Yeah. And particularly as a younger practitioner or particularly as a younger female practitioner, I mean, it's just so common for something like that to then become, oh, you're frantic or you're, you know, you're unprofessional or mm. you're, you know, so it's just never going to get you the result that you want. And if you really think about it, just get a little softer, wait for them to finish. They've had their yell. They're ready to listen now and tell them in a really frank way, mm. actually, this is the pathway forward. Mm. And nine times out of 10, people will, it'll sink in for them a lot better than mm. had I tried to match them with their energy, their volume, their, mm. you know, it's just, but it's, it's very common. It's very common that people underestimate you in the room and think, oh, well, I'm not too sure if she's right, but if, if I have perhaps an older practitioner or mm. a male practitioner confirm what she said, then sure, then we'll listen to her, but maybe mm. not in the first instance. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, I do think, um, sometimes and look you know this is again i don't know if everyone would agree with me which is fine we can all disagree it's a democracy but um i i do think that you you know you sometimes you do have to work harder like you have to work someone yeah. said to me as a young female practitioner you've got to work twice as hard oh absolutely like, i'm not saying that's right but that's the way it is like right no, now i i know, think so and look at if you've got to be super prepared you've certainly got to be super you know yeah you or can't just rely on the way because the way you look is just you're a young female practitioner that's you, right people will look at you and think she doesn't have gravitas she's not that a statesman, you know. Yeah, so you've got to, you know, you've got to, you know, you can't grow a beard, as you said. I so cannot grow. Just... I can confirm. I definitely cannot grow a beard. But I look certainly in my experience, and, and particularly when you do feel that either one of your colleagues or your client doesn't have that same confidence, you do work harder. You mm. you make sure that you're prepared. You make sure that when they have questions, you're able to answer them, and that you and that you're sort of servicing what it is that they need, yeah. so that sort of those doubts start to drift away that they might mm. have had at the start. Mm. But even if you're not working harder, just in terms of the legal work, I just find that there's you're working harder in other ways. There's just this constant like image control that you're doing. You know, mm. you're toying the line between. You know, I know that I look young, so do I have to dress older? Do what? What is it that's going to make you feel more comfortable in that I have the experience and the knowledge to be able to guide you through? You know, mm. I'm a young woman, so I like colors, and mm. I like you know, I like to dress and feel like in I am a way. young woman. Yeah. That's right. But at the same time, you know, not everyone's going to respond well to a bright red blazer. So mm. you, you're constantly toying those lines. Mm. So if you're not working harder, even in the matter, which I in my experience, I certainly do because, you know, you're winning over everyone's confidences. You've still got that sort of extra thought load of, okay, how am I managing this aspect? Because people look at you as a package deal. And like mm. I said, when they look at you and say you've got a 15-year-old face, you can't be dressed Sorry. in bright colours. <laughs> no, don't be silly. Don't be silly. I embrace it and I'm sure that in time I'll be really grateful for my youthful skin. But at, this, at the moment, it's just 
one more challenge that you overcome and look yeah. there could be worse challenges to have there to overcome <laughs> but it's just i find it interesting in law that there is this like reverse it's like someone was saying to me once they were like oh well you know you you're in your 30s so you must be at the peak of your career because it would be if it was like real estate or yeah. marketing they want a young looking person and i was like actually no and like i'll be at the peak when i'm in my 60s like yeah. that's the age when people really respect <laughs> you and say law yes. and you've been doing it for 35 years you Absolutely. know and of course you know i'm not saying like i do respect older practitioners they've got a lot of wisdom they've seen a lot you know yes. and they've and, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, not to respect older practitioners, but I do think that it's one thing I would like to see change a bit in family law is I guess if people would give younger practitioners a go as well. Yeah. Like if you are a mediator running a mediation or you're involved in a matter, don't necessarily, you know, underestimate someone because they're a younger practitioner. Absolutely. And Just look, I've had really what they're good actually experiences saying, you know. with that. Yeah. Totally. And I've had, re- I've had as, as much as there are unfortunate experiences. Yeah, I've had good experiences too. Yeah, yeah, you have sometimes really great experiences and particularly here, like I have great mentors. All of the partners mm. and the senior associates are really, are really great at mm. giving you a chance and helping you and guiding mm. you and imparting their wisdom. Mm. And, you know, I've also had great experiences in mediations, for mm. example, mm. where the practitioners can see that you're just as capable, just mm. as competent. And, and give you a run, yeah. That's exactly right. So it, it really... Yeah, there's been a range. I'm not that's saying exactly every... Right. No, but, no, but no, I've absolutely. seen more negative experiences than I think should yeah. occur. If I, I totally understand. Yeah. And and that's, that's what's so important. If, like when you recognise it and it's something that's actually in the forefront of people's minds and they realize that this is an experience that young practitioners are having because we're actually talking about it mm. it sort of it, it, it helps people really realize be mindful, of it. Yeah. be mindful of it and realize some of those nuances that they might not pick up on but certainly the younger practitioner in the room will will be feeling it That's they might right. not even realize that they're not listening to them or something that's you know? exactly like, right yeah. so by talking about it it sort of helps people realize that there might be unintended consequences that 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 they didn't foresee. This is we could call this podcast. Be nice to the young. Be, ni- be nice. Be to nice. The young lawyers. No. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, but it is. It is. It is true what you say, and it, it's um, you know, and I like your strategy for overcoming it as well. You know, that you just sort of sit back and then, That's then you say, then you still have what you want to say. You know. That's exactly yeah. right because you like I said you've just got to think about it. Okay, uh, this is just a fact of life. This is not going to change. Eventually, I will have some wrinkles and some grey hairs and people will be able to more naturally take me seriously. So be it. It's only around the corner. It'll happen. But It'll happen faster the, than you want in law. That's it. <laughs> but in the meantime, you can either look at it as a setback or whinge and complain about it or you can say, okay, this is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, what can I do to make my client feel more comfortable? What can I do to make sure that my colleagues or my opponents don't underestimate me me and realize that we're sort of on an even playing field here let's talk about strategy let's figure out how we can bring this matter to a resolution Mm -hmm. rather than get stuck in the how do I sort of get one up on you because I perceive that you might be less experienced than me Mm. so and because I'm confident in my experience too I think that plays a big role Mm. if if I was really unsure about what I was doing, I might hesitate more and might be more susceptible to some of these games that... And people would pick up on that vibe and oh, just take course. advantage of it. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. But because I'm conf- I know I know that I know what I'm talking about mm. and I know what I don't know. Mm. So if I'm speaking confidently about something, it's because I know. Mm. So let's just be really frank and matter of fact about mm. it and resolve things. Uh, and I, we sort of don't have to delve into that mm. lower kind of back and forth. Mm. I mean, it's interesting though, I think, you know, you were saying before, I've got another friend and she's only a couple of years out, like four or five years out, four years out, mm-hmm. but she's got a really big matter that's before the high court. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was saying that, you know, 
people like when she goes whenever she goes to conferences or whatever da, 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 the first thing people do they sit down there and be like and how old are you and how long have you been practicing and, and she once said to me she's like I feel like they're asking that and then then they'll assess if they even want to like talk to me oh, for sure with that vibe well, like and you never ask a woman her age now do you <laughs> so they're breaking the, the the very first rule there but there, there is a little bit of that and you just like I said if you take it in your stride just keep going I that's mean, it one of my friends as well so she started her own firm and she's you know she's like you know young to be doing that but good on her and she she was saying everyone keeps saying to her like you know and how old are you and she's like what do I say back and I said you just you just say oh a woman never reveals her age that's and exa- laugh it off which is just the best the yeah. best strategy possible because mm-hmm. you I mean it's nobody's business unless that's something that you want to share and it mm-hmm. actually has no bearing on the kind of job that you mm-hmm. can do mm-hmm. because you don't I mean there are lots of things and a lot of jobs where you are assisting people with something that might not be an experience you've ever had mm-hmm. so she might not have children but that doesn't make her incapable of helping their, her client with a strategy for what are the parenting arrangements going to be. Mm, and preparing their matter for That's court. That's exactly and doing right. That, you know, that doesn't mean she can't do that. Because exactly. if you're a cluey person, you've got emotional intelligence, you, you've got that sort of personability, you'll be able to catch on very quickly as to what's important to your client, what are their concerns about the matter, what mm. what are the outcomes that they absolutely could not live with, what are their, what are their biggest fears. You, that comes with experience sure with age maybe as well but it also just depends on what kind of person you are and you would mm-hmm. hope that the people that do go into family, family law, law mm-hmm. are the people who have those kinds of Emotional skills that's right yeah in which case irrespective of their age they'll be able to clue in and provide a really good service for their clients it's interesting what you say about like to sort of really understand what clients want i mean it's whenever i have the initial conference with clients uh, and you know the first thing I sort of do before I can't, well, the first thing you do is you let them tell their story. <laughs> but, you know, sure. before like, I, you know, I used to sort of dive in and be like, well, da 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 and this, and the contributions, future needs, this is what I think the percentage would be. Whereas I've actually now, like, I've changed my approach many years ago where before I would sort of fill their head with, because it's actually lawyers that think in percentages, yeah. which we should, you know, we need to give that advice. But before I dive into that, I'm, I say to them, like, what, what is it that you actually want to achieve? That's right. And then the, often they don't think in percentages. Like, of normal course. people don't. No, you know, normal, it's only they're family not human calculators. <laughs> they're like, well, I just want to keep the home, or yes. I just want to do this, or I need to keep my business, or, you know, they've got other goals. And I think it's important, like, before, it's what, interesting what you're saying about really yeah. listening to what the client actually wants, rather before you just sort of. Absolutely. Just say, well, this percentage and da, 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 actually sort of listening to what they're trying to achieve and give them advice on if that's like reasonable and achievable as well as the actual legal advice about you know percentages and so forth. And that's what gives you that foot in the door to really build the rapport with your client because like in anything, in any relationship mm. and a, a relationship between the lawyer and the client is no different, you gain so much more by listening than you do by speaking and it's very easy i mean people who are advocates people who are lawyers tend to be people who have no difficulty with the chat and i certainly you know view myself in that category i have no problem talking the back legs off a donkey but in terms of how you, what is your strategy with your client you will gain so much more by listening mm. um, than you will by just talking and blurting percentages out at them that's overwhelming that can be quite confronting people don't think in percentages so when you get a sense of how does this family work what are, what's important to the kids what's important mm. to your client mm. what's important for the kids to be able to go between homes mm. you just really know where to position yourself mm. uh, both in terms of your interactions with the client and also mm. in terms of what's the process from here on out what's going to actually get 
your client the outcome that they want uh, mm. within reason of course yeah <laughs> within possible. reason and you can at least give them advice like they might say I want to keep the family home and you might be like well that's like 90% of the asset pool yeah and you not know, really feasible yeah, and yeah. Be, I mean, maybe in some cases but it might not be in that case and yeah. then you can at least that's a yardstick and you can at least kind of give them advice that addresses what's important to them exactly you know? right. and it may have to be like advice they don't want to hear but you can at least give them that advice you know that's right and that all comes down to once you've got that part down everything else starts to melt away. So any reservations that someone might have had about my young looking face starts to melt away. To them. That's right, when You're they realize. your advice to their needs. Exactly. Yeah. To use, what, what are, what's the buzzword they use these days? Bespoke? <laughs> People love bespoke. bespoke at the moment. It's but a good word. I yeah, like I like it too. It reminds me of a custom made suit, but mm. we can try and fit it into family law. But all of those fears start to melt away when they realize mm. this person understands me, they understand what I want to get out of it, they seem to have a good pathway forward for my case, mm. everything else becomes irrelevant. But if you spend too much time living in the, oh, they're not going to take me seriously because I'm a female, they're not mm. going to take me seriously because I'm young, because I'm, whatever it is, whatever your because me, it's like is. the bamboo ceiling. People, yeah, because yeah, I'm Asian, yeah. you know, and so, I'm, I'm a young female and Asian. I mean, I should just like give up and not, that, not look, get out of bed. You've got the morning. Morning. You got the try. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's, that's the thing. You can't hide what you are. People yeah. can see what you are. People can see that I'm young, that I'm a woman. So it's, it's a non-issue. It just mm. is what it is. Now let's get let's get sort of moving forward to what it is that you want to get out of this. Mm. And once and you show them. It's a show, don't tell thing. Like, exactly. you know, you never said it in, like it wouldn't be like something you would tell them unless they explicitly asked. And yeah, said, of course. I'm concerned you're young looking, then you would have to yes. express it. But if, if you can, if you, if you feel that maybe they're a bit uncomfortable, but they don't say it, then it's a show, don't tell. You show them that you're taking charge of the conference. That's exactly that right. That you're listening to them, that, you know, you give them good advice that sort of, addresses the things they're concerned about and then when you show them that then their fears are usually Absolutely. you know what I mean it's a sh- I think it's very much show don't tell that's exactly and the ironic thing is that it becomes easier with experience and I guess we're talking about people who are young practitioners and might not necessarily have that much experience mm-hmm. but in those cases I'd be saying you fake it till you make it mm. because I mean if you're someone for example who's on a restricted practicing certificate you're going to have people to revert to if you've got questions if you're not sure someone mm-hmm. who's going to guide you I mean the importance of having really good role models and mentors can't be understated. I mean, mm. it's so important. But you have to remember, these people are coming to you in a, at a vulnerable time. Mm. So you can't have two vulnerable people sitting at the table together, you know, They're pushing the, you. the tissues back and forth. I mean, that's mm. not going to get anyone anywhere. So you've got to be the one to take charge. You're the person who knows what this process is going to be like, what kind of... What are the range of outcomes? What can they expect? The person at the other end of the table usually has no idea. That's why they're coming to you. Yeah, That's exactly. right. They so you've got to take charge. You've got to you've got to show them that not only their concerns about their case are going to be managed, but if they've got any concerns about you, now's the time to voice them, address mm. them, or you know move past them. Mm. And like I said, I just I found that that kind of approach and that coupled with just a bit of emotional intelligence will build that rapport and it all, all melts away yeah. and it's interesting like in terms of listening to clients i find it's like there's what they say explicitly but it's also it's also what they may not say it explicitly but if you actually look it's like the subtext of what they're saying yeah like, absolutely i had a mediation and, and you know in the material um one of the parties had focused a lot on all these specific financial contributions made towards property and you know we were having a discussion you know and I, with lawyers and i was like well, look, I think, you know, he wouldn't, you know, this is obviously important to him that he, he wants 
you know, this this amount back or there's some kind of focus on this and they were like oh did he say that I'm like no it's not that he said that (laughs) like he didn't say his affidavit I expect to be repaid I said but he's obviously very focused on it so it's not necessarily what they're saying explicitly but you can see where their focuses lie. Oh, for like, sure. The subtext yeah. is so important. And mm. that, I guess, is what distinguishes Cluey or maybe the stronger lawyers from those who just mm. don't get it. Because mm. when you're listening and when you know what you're looking for, mm. you you understand already what it is that both parties, certainly your client, but both parties really want to get out of it. Mm. And it's only by really understanding that that you can move it towards a resolution. Mm. Otherwise, you're shooting in the dark. I mean, mm. if you have no concept of what it is the other side want... Mm. How can you possibly come up with a solution? Mm. No, a solution that's outside of court, you know, where and possible. And that's what they're looking for, really, I think. is like They're looking for you to helicopter them out of this yes. mess. <laughs> they're looking for a solution. They want you to get an outcome. It's really about outcomes. It doesn't have to always be, you know, sometimes, you, as we said before, you need to litigate, but sometimes matters can be resolved. And that's really, right. in the end, it's about getting them that outcome, I think. That's right, and getting it behind them. Because, I mean, mm. nobody wants to stay in the, what is it, the valley of darkness forever. You know, they come to you and there's usually in the depths of it and it's your job to navigate the way out. Mm. And if it's possible by way of a negotiated outcome, well, certainly that's what you'd be angling for. But to be able to do that, you've got to really understand what it is they want, what it is your, your, what it is the whole discussion is about. So, look, we've talked about, and look, I'll, I'll put it into my, my mouth, not your mouth, so I'm the one bearing it. But being, the message for today would be be nice to young practitioners. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, do you have any other thoughts about, I guess, family law in itself or any anything that you would like to see done? It could be like whether it's responding to the ALRC recommendations. It doesn't have to be that, but it could just be things that you think could be done differently in family law or just any changes that you would like to see in family law. Um, certainly. Well, there's a few things that spring to mind. One is probably more of an observation in, in having recently come on board uh, at Swab, actually, and having a really good team. I'm, I'm really grateful to it in such a nice team, mm. is that I've really noticed that there is... There, I previously noticed that there was a gap in sort of that mentorship, mm. and I've really found here that it's... I can really see how valuable it is because I've got really, really fantastic mentors, people who really take the time people who are nice young practitioners yeah people who, <laughs> people who do about. all of the things that we were talking about they really trust you give you the opportunity to use your brain and mm. actually put into pr- practice the skills that you've got and i think it's just such a valuable thing and as we all get busy and particularly in private practice with billable hours mm. and everyone is spread thin i mean family law is booming you're certainly not going to be out of a job it's always something happening it's really uh, intense People have less and less time for that, mm. um, but it's just so incredibly valuable, when, especially when you're sort of at the beginnings of your career mm. and trying to progress higher and higher, and particularly for me at associate level, it's really great to have such a, such a great soundboard to come in and say, look, I'm going through this and this is happening in this matter. What do you think about strategies? I'm thinking it's going to be X, Y, and Z. Is there something, you, do you see any problem with that or do you think it's something completely different? And having that kind of wide network of people, not only in really senior positions, but really at all levels of their career, mm. is just incredibly, incredibly valuable. The people that you can call to ask the dumb question, the mm. barristers that you can call to say, hey, you know, does it work like this? Or, you know, do you think They'll this is worth time. it? Yeah. And, yeah. and that kind of um, collaboration is so important. And I think you only with time realise that that network is just 
it's the lifesaver. It's invaluable. Exactly yeah. right. You need to have people that you can pick up the phone and call and they're going to give you their two cents. But similarly, then you've got to be that person for others mm. because there can be that sense of, I want everyone to be able to help me and ask and I can yeah, ask them questions. You've got to help the next wave. Yeah. That's exactly right. So that's something that I've really seen work firsthand now and I just think it's so incredibly important and I really think it's great that there's sort of that move towards being more collaborative mm. and I think that that could go even one step further because you just you just see and we were talking about it before Zoe about these you know practitioners who are just frothing at the mouth litigious you know unreasonably wanting, so unreasonably yeah. so pursuing like interim applications that really don't have much merit just know. just wait where you're just looking at it and thinking surely there's a better way surely there's a more client focused way a more cost effective way of dealing with this then going back and back and back to the courts, application after application, getting nowhere. And I just think it's it's really unfortunate and really sad because I think this, well, it's such a privilege to be able to do what we do and be trusted by our clients. And don't abuse that trust. Exactly. That's right. And look, there are so many fantastic don't. family yeah, lawyers. Yeah, the majority don't. Of course. The vast majority don't. But there's a small, there's a small percentage, I don't know what you mean. There's a small percentage, you get the letter from them and your heart sinks. You go, oh, here we go. So you just <laughs> you just hope that everyone would have the same. And look, for the most part, it, yeah, majority everyone I've yeah, come yeah. across has. But just you'd hope that everyone has that same sort of focus that we're ultimately here to resolve disputes, as opposed to really pursue every rabbit down I every mean, rabbit it hole. It's interesting. I don't know if I can put you on record because it was an off the record <laughs> thing. But you know how can I can I can I have that thing where you were like. You get this letter and then you know you've got... Ah, yeah, yeah. Are you willing to say that or not? No, no, no. I won't say that one. Okay, guys, you've got to listen to to the behind the behind the scenes (laughs) where I get the interviewees, you know, I I get them a nice glass of wine. Oh, yes, that's a much more interesting conversation. Well, it's funny because I was talking to um, Brett McGrath, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he was like saying to me, he's like, you know, you should do this. It's like, it should be like vodka and, and stuff. And I goes, love And then it. get them like the really, you know, just, just that little bit so that you've got the real inside family. I wall. love that. And I'm Russian too. So like the vodka <laughs> side certainly appeals the to behind, me. The behind the behind the scenes. Cause That's I, it. Because I'm promoting this. And it is behind the scenes. But yeah, that next level behind the scenes. That family law after dark. Yeah. You know, family glass law after hours family yeah. law. <laughs> when you're off the clock, your yeah. billable hours are submitted. That's when you get real. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'd be down. All right. You'll be, you and Brett will be the next victims in that one. Oh, I love it. I love it. Sign me up. Um, well, look, is there any other thoughts about things you'd like to see done differently? I mean, that was a really good point about mentorship, and, and I'm really glad you've had those good mentoring yeah, experiences really... at Swabs. So that's fantastic. Yeah. No, that's that's probably the biggest one, and particularly I, I, I think that that's the one that links the most to sort of the topic of you know, this reverse ageism, if yeah, we can put yeah, it that yeah. way. I don't know. I'm the one who said that. And if anyone, ha- <laughs> if anyone hates me, that's... Oh, sorry about that. I don't mean to offend you. And <laughs> no, I, I really don't because I would like to say, you know, and I've had as well, like, wonderful experience as well with older yeah. practitioners. Like, you know, um, for example, um, the Honourable Peter Rose has really helped me a lot in my you know, career. Like, he was the first person I interviewed oh, for my book. And because he got on board, everyone was like, well, who is going to be in this book? And if I, you know, should I agree to be interviewed by you? And I said, well, Peter Rose is doing it. Oh, and because he, he backed me, then everyone else did. So that's an example, like you were saying, of that mentorship. Absolutely. And someone who's just completely selflessly willing to back you and then others will get on board. So I'm totally not, like, there is still a lot of support for practitioners. For sure. And there's just a few other funny things that have happened that I've seen, you know, at court play out, like like we discussed before, that I think just would be nice if people were more mindful of them. Absolutely. And look, and I've had similarly great experiences. I mean, I work very closely with Marilyn Hopman, who's one of the, was one of the first uh, specialist accredited family lawyers ever. Mm. So, Mm. and like, talk about 
having you know such a first-hand experience with mm. such a wealth of knowledge and mm. that's I mean she's been so incredibly helpful and really mentored me as well mm. so you have fantastic practitioners who really care about sort of the next wave the of next wave bringing lawyers. that next wave in that's right and, and imparting and their experience yeah. that's right so there's so many of those and it's just about you know it, it is what it is yeah. that's really my takeaway message it just is what it is you have to know what people might have reservations about and you just overcome it it's mm. just one more and strategy to add to the itself. list yeah. exactly right and you just let the work speak for itself and in i, I mean without fail at after you know maybe a, a few letters have gone out or after a few conferences you just see it the client the is changes, yeah you yeah. see the change and they get it and they get that you're on their side and they just you just win over their confidence so you just keep at it and it just is what don't it be is. discouraged that's right by the age ceiling or the boundary ceiling. no don't be discouraged <laughs> exactly right all right thank you so much nicole for coming and oh, speaking thanks, with me today sorry. it's been a pleasure it's been really nice thanks for having me and if you want to get in touch with nicole she's at suave so you can look her up on their website um and if you want to get in touch with me um you can look me up on my um, mediation answers website www.mediationanswers.com.au thanks very much